What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, first off, uh, my name is uh, Steven Schweikert. Hi, uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Kevin. I'm Taylor Dahl. I am Stacy, and also known as Stacy the Backflip ex- Expert. My name is Heidi. My name is Kieran. Uh, yeah, my name is Andrew Fitzpatrick. My name is Quentin Crisco. I'm Brenda. Hi, y'all. I'm Chris Armstrong. How you doing, Bears fans? This is Greg Braggs Jr. Welcome back into the Bears Hopium Den our summer podcast series on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Burkis, your host through this series of hopefully 10 episodes. I'm still trying to get one more person to get in here and give an interview that I think everybody will really enjoy. But we're still planning on 10. Uh, Episode 6 and Episode 7 are going to be a little different than the first five. We're kind of taking a little bit of a turn on the arc here, and we're going to bring back everybody. So if you listen to the first few seconds of the episode, you heard everybody's voice of all of the guests that have been on so far, all 12 of them introducing themselves. I am bringing back all 12 to answer one question for this episode and then one question for next episode. And those of you who are sharp will figure out what next episode is all about. But this episode, the prompt was, give me your thoughts on the new general manager and the new head coach. So Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are out. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are in. I cannot believe that they hired another Ryan and Matt, but here we are. Same deal. Uh, They saved some money on maybe the, the letters on the outside of their office doors, but we have new people at the top. What I found most interesting when I was going back and I was putting this episode together was that Some people had stronger opinions about one of the hires or the other. Um, A lot of people were generally in support of the the new regime. They were tired of the old regime, ready for something new. Um, But what struck me was it felt like everybody had a different answer. There wasn't like one canned response that everybody sort of felt the same way. It felt like there was a lot of variation, a lot of nuance into what people thought and what how people responded. So I think it's a really interesting conversation. I really like how this came together. And next week, I think will be even more fun. And again, I think you all kind of know where next week's episode's going if you think about it, but we'll save that for next week. And then episodes eight, nine, and 10, uh, we'll finish it out uh, with some really fun stuff as well. But uh, right now, conversations with all of the 12 participants from the first five episodes We will start it off with episode one and the Windy City Gridiron-centric crew, and we'll go from there. We'll see you at the end. I was ecstatic just for the fact that Ryan Pace was no longer in charge of the Bears as a GM. Um, That dude, I I don't know. You could go back through my feed of all the mean things I said about him um, and, and just how awful he was at his job. But, like, there was no reason for him to still be there last year. There really wasn't. Like, what's that year for? Neither one of them really deserved what they that extra year. It did nothing for no one. I'll caveat that with saying 
I 100% support that he got us Justin Fields, but he wasted so much other draft capital and and just terrible uh, contracts for these free agents that, you know, you obviously you see where we're at right now with, I don't know, are we like the third worst cap this year? I'm I'm not a stat guy. I don't know exactly. I don't actually research the I mean, Bears. I, I okay, I just yell loudly and say things until somebody <laughs> either you know agrees yeah. with me or just just goes. You know what? It's not worth it. Second most dead money, but I think a lot of it's because of Atlanta trading away Matt Ryan and taking a giant hit. So I think that the second most dead cap off the top of my head. But it's fair. It's fair. I think Maggie. Ever since I saw him in the in the basement with the 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 wall paper of his bu charts i just super serial killer vibes and i just couldn't get past it i was like what kind of psycho does that like and then you see his house is listed and it's like it's a really nice house but the basement still super creepy um he did nice super nice guy i liked matt Nagy as an individual as a football coach i didn't want him anywhere near the team because you just there was you're not a play caller you're not a good game manager what like this is office space. What is it that you actually do here? To that point, you know, Eberflus. You know, I'm not surprised that they go. Let's get away from the offensive guru guy and let's go defense, and and see how how that works out. We're going to flip flop every every year until we figure it out. That's what the organization does. But you know, I, I'm going to give polls a chance. He seemed like a hot candidate coming out of KC. KC seemed to have some success with the players that they've drafted. So, you know, I, I like that, you know, I, I like what, where he came from. Um, I like that he brought in uh, Ian Cunningham, you know, having, I, I like that he's making his organization and what he wants to do. He's a hundred percent owning it. He's actually been way more transparent than Ryan Pace ever was or anybody like they're, they're, they're telling us this, this is what I'm going to do. So saying, you know, ahead of the draft, these are the things that I'm targeting. These are the things I value. And then, you know, people over here are like, well, I want him to pick this guy. Well, and then he picks the guy that he says he's going to, that he's going to, going to pick. Like, you can't be mad at that because that's, he told you what he was going to do. So I'm just in the, it's a first year GM coach setup. So let's just see what they do. Because at this point, we have no idea what that product in the field is going to look like. Nobody knows what Luke gets gets season to do. You know, we all want to see an explosive offense that just puts 55 points on the board every every single game. Let's drop the 50 burger every game. We would love it. But is that what's going to happen? Or are we going to be more play action? Are we going to run the ball more? Which we should, but we don't run the ball just to run the ball. You run the ball for a purpose. And, and just one last thing, thank God we got a freaking fullback again because the fullback dive, greatest play ever written. I will die on this hill. <laughs> First, second, third, fourth down, run the damn fullback dive. Let's go. Oh, my God, coming in hot. I got to live, you know, I got a thing, I got a shtick, and, and I, I, if I'm nothing else, I'm going to stick to the shtick. I'm all about it. Kev, what about you? What's uh I mean I don't think they were exciting hires. I wasn't like, oh my god, we got Ryan Pohl. Like first I'd be like Ryan Pohl. Like the other the other Chiefs guy? Okay. And then, you know, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, the Indianapolis defense, pretty solid. You know, it wasn't the direction I probably, if I was them, 
gone for a head coach, but you know he he seems to have a good, you know, good head on his shoulders. He seems well respected by the players he's worked with in the past, the teams he's worked with in the past. I'm sure he will bring a, an overall discipline to the team that I think lacked pretty sorely under Matt Nagy at times because Matt Nagy definitely seemed to have the things he cared about. And if your thing wasn't one of those things he cared about, you just didn't pay it a lot of time or attention, you know? Um, you know, as far as polls goes, it's he's got a lot to fix. Like, I don't blame him, right? Like, Ryan Pace kept extending a championship window that wasn't actually open, right? 2018, the, I, I've long maintained the worst thing that happened to them was the fact that they were accidentally super successful in 2018 because that convinced all of them that they were one step away. And then uh, I think just before here, we saw our buddy Bill Zimmerman talking to some people about how week one, 2019, they got fully exposed and they could not recover from that, right? They, they just couldn't figure it out after that. They were figured out. Every Everything that made them special in 2018, people could stop. You know, and then the injuries started to pile up and <laughs> certain players who wore number 10 started to regress a little bit from their performance, but it was always, well, we think we think he's going to turn it around anytime now. Anytime now, he's athletic enough. Mitch is going to turn it around. And so, you know, like Aaron said, last year was a wasted year. Why were they here? I can't tell you. I don't have a, I mean, I have one answer for it. It's they had contracts and those contracts had a lot of zeros on them. And so they wanted to get through that. You know, I don't blame Poles for the stuff he's done so far, right? He, you know, I love Khalil Mack, but that contract would be an albatross. It, trying to keep him around would make virtually anything else this season impossible, um, you know? And, and I appreciate him doing stuff like, you know what? We're gonna, we're just gonna release Nick. We're gonna eat it. We're gonna eat the money. We're gonna release Nick Foles because it's what's best for this football team going forward to try and carry him or hope that, you know, keep him on the roster until July and hope that somebody else's quarterback gets hurt so that maybe then someone will trade for him. Just let him go. If someone wants Nick Foles, they can go sign Nick Foles. Have at it. Um, He's got a long road ahead. I don't know if he's the guy for it, but I'm not going to be as mad at him as some fans have been so far this offseason because, like, just look at the team. He's got so much to do and and so little to do it with right now that he's got to do what he can. And we, you know, we may be good, we may be bad, but it's just how it has to be with this team. Steven, it's, I mean, so I was a little bit frustrated and to be honest, I'm still kind of trying to talk myself a little bit into kind of this current direction because when Pace and Negi were both let go, uh, I was, they're going to bring on the, the executive and the head coach. They're going to help take your, your young, you know, first round quarterback and, you know, turn this into a consistent offensive performer that we just haven't had. And then it's Ryan Poles. Okay. You know, I, I I'll be honest. I, I don't exactly have a, have a Rolodex of, uh, of uh, executive candidates. So, you know, it's like, you okay. What a Rolodex is some, some, <laughs> some people may not understand that. Uh, <laughs> I'm the oldest, the oldest. I think I'm the oldest. But, I mean, I know what a Rolodex is, but you know, Stephen, you might be confusing some of the younger Bears fans out there with that uh, comment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so anyway, a Rolodex is no. Uh, okay, 
So uh, polls is okay, whatever. Uh, and so you start bringing in the head coaching names, and and I, I'm thinking, okay, Brian Dable's right there. Uh, you know, we've got a couple other offensive guys, and then they bring out Matt Eberflus. It's like, well, of course, you know, defensive guy, but you know, who knows? Maybe what this team needs is, is a head coach who's a little bit more hands off on the offense that can actually oversee the entire picture. Okay, sure. So you start coming into, uh, you know, first wave free agency. And sure, you get a couple of swings and misses on offensive linemen. You miss out on on the entire overpay spree that is that, that is uh, that is that first wave of wide receiver free agency. And it's like, okay, so I guess we got Lucas Patrick. Sure. Uh, you know, we'll go from there, I guess. And then you get to the draft and okay. The wide receivers are here in the second round and we're going defensive back and safety. And then you get a wide receiver in the third round. It's just like, to me, it just, it just felt like, like none of it matched up with what I personally was hoping for. So that might be coloring my own you know perception of that, but looking at the moves that they have made thus far, the roster was in complete shambles. There was a ton of work to do, and they appear to have taken the direction of trying to give uh, this team as much of a stable floor as possible by focusing in uh, on on building on building in that defense, as opposed to uh, trying to shore up an unproven offensive room with more unproven offensive talent and trying to have that be your cornerstone, trying to go with a uh, more reliable uh, defensive unit in general. Personally, that bothers me a little bit because, because you're not trying to uh, develop the offensive continuity as, as, as much as I like them to. And I worry that what is going to have to be the cornerstone of offensive development is hoping that Matt Nagy is the worst offensive coach of all time. So I don't like, I didn't want, I don't really want to go into the 22, 23 season with, with like that kind of hope in, in, in my back pocket. Like, I don't, like, I don't want, like, I, I guess I don't really want that to be like the reason that things get better, but obviously I'm, obviously I'm not, you know, an NFL GM or an NFL head coach. So I'm just kind of hoping that, uh, that they show me that they know what they're doing uh, through the results of a 22 season heading into a strong 23. Um, I'll be honest. Like the, at first I was not, I don't want to say I didn't like the Eberflus hire. I just wasn't wowed by the Eberflus hire. I think it was, um, and this also comes from a place being covering the Jags. Jags also were doing interviews with Eberflus too. So it was like both the teams were kind of going back and forth. And this was just like not the name that was coming to my head when I was thinking of like the next coach that I wanted for either team. Um, so and I honestly, it might have been more of I just didn't know a ton about him. So the more I learn about him, the more I like him, the more I hear him talk, the more I like him. The more I hear him mm-hmm. talk, the more I'm like, this is not Nagy. And this is exactly what we need is the opposite, which is what I feel the direction they're going. Um, Ryan Poles, I absolutely love from the get go. Like I mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't like I could sit there and name every single thing he did when he was in Kansas City. But I just know he was in Kansas City and they've been successful for a while and on multiple levels. And when it comes to drafting, 
marketing, when it comes to developing, when it comes to hiring coaches, every level on every cylinder, they've been successful for a while, maybe a couple down years. But when Ryan Poles is involved, I feel like that was a big say. Um, so I was like, super excited about that. I was like, super excited that he was an offensive lineman because I was like, okay, he'll come in here and like help Justin Fields because it was, I felt bad for the kid last year. Like, I mean, we yeah. can talk about the Browns game most, like most importantly, but you can talk about every single game where he was running for his life. And um, mm-hmm. so I feel like getting a guy like Poles who knows how important that, that the offensive line is, I immediately was like, okay, he's going to help this offensive line. Um I know there's the rumors of like, oh, it doesn't feel like they're investing in Justin Fields this offseason, which I just think is crap because I was like, I, I think Ryan Poles and Eberflus have this vision. And the vision to me looks like they are giving some of these guys from the last few years a clean slate because they were surrounded by a lot of not great. And that comes with coaching. That comes with just like the locker room was starting to give up. Players were starting to give up. There was like injuries and they were banged up and they went from this high of 2018 to these last few years. And it just like it was this uh, this downward spiral. And I think that affects a lot of players more than what you what you actually realize. And you'll hear that now when the players talk and they just say, like, how much of a relief it is to have this like fresh new start and they can breathe. And it feels like they're already taking strides towards, you know, certain things. So I think for me, these two guys most importantly are bringing that breath of fresh air, but they're also just not like throwing everything out the window from the previous teams because there's pieces there that worked. Um, There were pieces there that maybe Nagy didn't even see until later in the season for me, guys like uh, Graham, he he threw him in so late into the season and like the secondary was struggling so bad. And then he put him in and he saw glimpses of stuff and there, he wasn't using Montgomery properly. I don't think. So there's a lot of things that I think these guys meet that, they saw and they said, hey, like this isn't a team that needs to be completely trashed and rebuilt. This is a team that needs puzzle pieces. And I'm really excited to see some of the things they did. Stacey, what about you? What did you think? I know you're not as much into the offseason stuff, but what, uh, you know, no, what did you but think like she she is and- she is seriously saying a lot of the stuff that I was already thinking. Like, um, I'm really excited, to be honest. Um I am kind of interested to see how a more defensive minded coach was going to handle um, fields, but I think I I'm, I'm all for it. I feel great about it, to be honest. Uh, polls. I'm with her. Like I like polls from the start, uh, but um, I don't have any complaints. I kind of wish that maybe they had made some more moves for the offensive line, but I'm just kind of anxious to see how it's all going to fit together. Are you sure? Like you, you know, if Khalil Mack was your favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Why do you got to bring up the past? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we do. I feel like we, you know, we do have some other defensive options. So it's not like, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to miss him. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> I am anxious to see. I do want to see how this is going to unfold with handling fields. Really, that's all I care about right now. Yeah. So um, we're just going to have to see maybe the first couple games in and see how it how it looks. Oh, well, I don't know much. I just uh, just want to trust the process uh, with Ryan Poles. I mean, he's very young, and there are already people that want his head on a pike, which I don't understand because he's barely starting. So, 
I'm going to trust him and uh, and to to have to expect different results. You have to do things differently. And he's by so far, he's doing things differently. So uh, I know he didn't address um, some of the needs of the team in the draft, but he he must have a good plan and I'm going to trust him about Everflus. I don't know him that well. I just I just hope uh, that he, if it being being a defensive coach, uh, that kind of uh, sounds like he it, he's not gonna do big things for fields. But I think it's exactly the opposite because he knows how the defense works and now he knows how to help him. So that's that's what I think. I'm gonna trust them and. Root for them until I don't. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I understand that. Yaron, what about you? What, what were your thoughts on the hires and what the first offseason has looked like? Yeah, I, I always said when we were, especially when it comes to GM, because like we can all have our, I guess, more educated opinions on coaches because we've seen the coaches, right? We we know the teams that they've worked on. These, are, these kind of GMs that come in, most of the guys you, most people would not no, like if you asked a Bears fan, like in the middle of the season last year, who's Ryan Poles, they wouldn't be able to tell you if he was an executive in the NFL or if a dude working in Starbucks, right? So we don't know too much about that, but you, you can only really analyze by the actions. Now, the issue that I always have with, like Heidi said, there's people trying to like put Ryan Poles' head on a on a stake already, and I'm like do we forget what situation he was given where I keep mentioning this on our show all the time because everyone's like, Oh, they don't have this amazing offensive line. They didn't do enough at wide receiver. They're not doing enough around Justin Fields. And the one thing I always say is number one, limited draft capital was he had to inherit Two, limited cap space. Three, you don't have a lot of tradable assets either. You literally had Khalil Mack and that was it. Like at the end of the day, he was put in a very difficult position to try and turn this around where you were losing 40 plus players to free agency with at most about 30 million to 35 million in cap space. Yeah. You're not going to get some premier players in there because if that's the case, you're not going to be able to fill a 90 man roster and be healthy in a cap situation going forward. So there's two ways of doing it, right? So everybody's complaining because they see what Jacksonville have done, right? Where they spent all this money, they spent all these draft picks, and they're trying to put the best situation around the offense. But people are doing that without looking at the context that Jacksonville's cap space next year is about, I think right now it's like 13 million on like over the cap. So like there's going to be situations that you have to look at there. So for me, I just feel like Ryan Pauls was not put in a great situation. He's doing the best he can with the limited resources that he was given. And he's taking chances on guys that if it doesn't work out, it's not going to cost you money to where three, four, five years down the line, you're trying to get rid of different contracts, which we're currently seeing with the Bears now where they had to get rid of a bunch of guys that were talented players, but their contracts were just so bad that the GM had to get rid of it. And that's what he's putting himself in a position to realistically next year is you'll have more draft picks. You'll have 
way more cap space to completely revamp this roster. So from last year to when we start next year, there'll probably be about five or six guys that were on the roster at the end of the 2021 season. So I think people need to be a bit patient when it comes to this stuff. I know when you have a rookie quarterback, everybody wants everything to be fixed now, (laughs) but it doesn't always happen that way. Even if you fix things next year and you're able to revamp, you still have three more years of fields on his rookie deal. There's plenty of time to know what he's going to be. So I'm pretty patient when it comes to, to that stuff. Eberflus, I'm kind of on the same boat as Heidi. Like we know what he did at Indianapolis, but this is a completely different situation where you've be the head coach. You can't just be, you're not the defensive coordinator anymore. You have a much more talented defense at different facets. Now when you compare them, right? So like I look at it and the defensive line for Indy was much better for them last year. than you look at the bears this year, but then when you look at the pass rushing situation, the bears with Robert Quinn and kind of what they've done, I'd say that's better linebackers you look and it's pretty similar but then the defensive backs for the bears are way better when you look at it this year compared to what he had at his disposal for indy so you would expect the defense to be relatively good so then it's all about well how good were his hires for the offensive side of the football unfortunately we won't know that until we start seeing this team play because they're guys that have a lot of potential that you see that could be successful we can sit here and be confident and say, uh, this is a great hire. These guys came from this system and it was really good. But realistically, when a new coach comes in, you're hoping that the hires below the head coach were the right ones. Because we saw that first year with Matt Nagy and it was great. they winning the 12 football games. But then what happened? He fired a bunch of his assistant coaches. Like you shouldn't be doing that one or two years into your tenure. You should be having those coaches with you unless another team is taking one to hire them as a head coach, right? So that's where I will judge Eberflus, obviously on his coaching, first of all, but actually on the people he's brought in alongside him. Because I've I said this before, no matter what coach got brought in, the most important thing about whatever coach was hired was what kind of staff could they put together. It looks like a decent and decent to probably pretty good staff, but again, it's I don't think we're going to know until probably halfway through the season anyway. Now, Andrew, you know, you knew who Ryan Poles was because you listened to Bears Over Beers. And of course, we had <laughs> Brad Spielberger on and we talked about GM candidates and, and we demystified some of that stuff. So I know you knew who Ryan Poles was. But what did you think about the hire and what did you think about the head coach hire that came with him? Yeah, I I. I guess so. So the two main things, kind of, to Kieran's point, is around um, around polls. Was, was I, I'm actually I didn't know a lot about um, Eberflus beforehand, but I kind of like that hire. Um, when I talk about Flus next, but I, I like how he's kind of fulfilling that kind of real CEO coach kind of role, rather than trying to, you know, even though he can't, he was a defensive coordinator at Indy, you know, he's. Um, he's kind of going to sit over everything and you know you guys have spoken on on your podcast about how you know he's sitting in in offensive meetings and you know using his defensive kind of background to help develop fields um which i like the sound of um and then i was a i was a really big fan of what what he did in the draft too um you know it it looks from you know the outside perspective that i have looking in that he truly did take 
best player available early on. Um, so those two kind of defensive backs, I, I think they're, they're great picks. Um, and, and that's really hard to do, I think, especially as kind of like a first time, um, you know, first time through the draft process. You know, it's hard to take the best player available when everyone's screaming for you to take kind of lineman or wide receiver. But I do really believe you got really good value there. Um, and then to kind of trade back, you know, at, at the back end of the draft um, and take a bunch of swings at the position that he's kind of most comfortable taking swings at, I think is really smart too. So I do like the way you handled the draft process. And it, and it is funny that it's almost the exact opposite to what kind of we're used to as Bears fans, right? Like, I think Pace made some kind of great draft picks, but his kind of strategy was always trade up to get his guy. This seems to be, you know, the exact opposite. And I do kind of like that. I can definitely see how it will be more sustainable going forward. Um, in terms of flus, I guess, like, up up front, I'm really pumped. You know, he's, he's <laughs> I'm hoping he gets, you know, Roquan Defensive Player of the Year and I can, you know, cash out on that one. So I'm pretty happy about that aspect of the hire. And, yeah, like I said before, I just really like that he's kind of set up front that I'm, I'm going to take that um, CEO role. Uh, definitely sustainable going forward, like to Kiran's point. Like, I really like the Getty hire, but, you know, if he hits such a home run that he's getting hired as a head coach next year, right, that's like a good problem to have. Um, kind of like what happened at, at Tennessee when they lost their offensive coordinator, like as a head coach. That's a good – like I'd be pretty – I mean, that means Justin Fields had a great year, right? Like, we're, we're going to be in a pretty good situation. Um, and, like, the fact that he brought basically his whole defensive staff came with him from Indy means, like, he just must command so much respect, right? Like, for people to kind of move and kind of start building things, um, you know, somewhere new, I think that kind of bodes well for him. Um, in terms of, like, the the other, like, assistants, I, I don't know a lot of details, but I really like the stuff that Getsy's saying uh, about, you know, creating an offense around players' strengths rather than trying to force a scheme down people's throats. Um, so I really like that approach. Um, and I didn't actually know how diversified his background was, right? Like, Devontae Adams credits him for a lot of his development when he was a wide receivers coach. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the passing game was such a quarterback friendly kind of scheme that I can see that, that working. And I really do think it was a good hire and the Bears have you know, kind of done as, as well as they could in terms of setting themselves up for success. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so I'll I'll start with polls. Um, I think he's a he has a, he's a, a guy who has a lot of upside, and people are going to hate that I say this, but it it reminds me in that way of Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace was a young GM when they hired him, pretty green, didn't have a, a, a you know a ton of experience like you'd sometimes find in a GM candidate. Ryan Poles is fairly similar in that aspect. 
But where I think he's different is he in Kansas City, he was there through multiple regimes. He, while Ryan Pace just learned from Mickey Loomis for years and years there and then never saw another way of doing it. So that is one thing that I do like about polls is that varied background. He's seen them handle things different ways, different scouting strategies, different uh, contract strategies, whatever it may be. Um, it's been a bit of a rough off season for polls to start out between the, uh, his first free agent signing and um, some of the kickback from the draft and the uh, lack of adding, adding weapons, but it was a tough offseason for a lot of teams in the NFL. I think uh, Jacksonville, Trent Bulky really made it tough on folks to go fix much on offense this offseason or defense, really. They paid both sides in Jacksonville. Um, but so I'm still optimistic on polls, even though I think the offseason's been a little rougher. I think it's a, I think he's probably shooting like a, a par for the course, maybe a bogey, but in your first off season, you're going to expect some, some blips, especially from a young, young GM like him. Um, and on the Eberflus front, I was, uh, I think I was a little early on the Eberflus train and I, I'm a, I've been a big fan of his since I started researching him back in like December. And he's, uh, I just, I love the football guy in him, you know, just the, the rah-rah, the, uh, he's got an acronym for 10 different things at any given moment, you know, just not, not 10 in total, but just off the top of his head, 10. <laughs> and I, I think he's really going to bring some accountability to the team and just, it's, it's a bit meatballish, but just kind of bring some of that lovey, lovey Smith kind of accountability and discipline to the team, I think is something that I'm going to enjoy to see. Um, the one worry I get with him is whether he can really balance that while still keeping a locker room happy. But generally, from everything I've seen from his personality, I think it's something he'll be able to do. And I'm I'm excited to see where he takes the Bears. Great. Brenda? Um, I am cautiously optimistic with all of it, um, polls seem like he did. He's done pretty good for what he has available. Um, I know a lot of people are so concerned about the weapons to surround Justin Field. Um, but I mean, the guy took care of so many holes with the draft in choosing the best player available. I think that was the right move. I mean, really, our weapon needs to be Justin Fields. So that's that's our weapon. So I think I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I am I feel like that's how I always am with the Bears, though. Um, I'm very ride or die fan, no matter what. Um, but I think I think it'll be good. Um, as far as Eberflus goes, I'm really excited to start calling myself a floozy. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest yeah. upside. No, um, I, you know, I'm going to get a ship made before this podcast drops. So yes. that, you know, we can yes. market oh that. No, Q, no, we, we can partner on it if you want, but I'm yeah, let's it. do it. The floozies. <laughs> the floozies. Yes. I've been trying to get that to catch on on Twitter. And, <laughs> and be here. Amazing. Um, no, I think, 
I think he's going to do well. Um, I'm, you know, we had Nagy who was so, like, he brought Club Dub, which was the one good thing I can say about him. But we, it would nice. It'd be nice to have like some actual discipline in. I don't know respect in, in the locker room. And I feel like Ibrahimovic can can really bring that. And if he's harder on some people, um, I think they need it. I mean, you know these, these are young guys, and if they need. You know, they need to be here, locked in. Sorry, that doesn't work for a podcast since you can't see them. <laughs> I'm putting my hands up. But, um, no, I I remain cautiously optimistic. I'm trying very much to keep an open mind. Um, they didn't hire who I expected, and that's okay. Um, I'm starting to like polls a, quite a bit. He's very um, – he seems to be very methodical. He's very calm. He doesn't seem to be over, oh, my God, we don't have an X-wide receiver. Well, you know, we may still pick up Will Fuller. Oh, my God, we don't have a right guard. Well, let's maybe wait for some cuts. So I like his patience um, through that process. Um, Coach Flus, I don't know enough really about him. I, I like what he says about no loafs and, you know, his lovey system, his Tony Dungy system. Um, I think that's – I think it's great. Um, but I need to see it on the field, right? I want to see what he does with our guys. Uh, you know, are they going to move Roquan to Will? I don't know. If they do, who's playing Mike, right? Um, but if he's playing Mike, who's playing Will? So, you know, I need to see what what he does. Um, I'm encouraged about the way they talk about the players. I'm encouraged in the draft, even though that, that certainly didn't go the way I thought it was going to go either. Um but I think you can see what their ideal of a player is. It's someone, obviously, the, they're big on the RAS scores, right? We've got a lot of athletic new kids coming in. Um, they're team captains. That They're looking for leaders to come in and, and not only play but to lead and to lead by example. So I really expect to see these kids flying around the field, jumping on loose balls, right? You know, actually, if somebody, a receiver falls down, maybe touch him. I don't know. That would be new. Yeah. So I, I am excited about that. Uh, and again, you know, just like you can't judge rookies for a couple of years, I don't think we can judge Pulls and Eberflus for, you know, at least two years, if not three. I'm just at a point right now where it's kind of a wait and see approach. I mean, for me as a fan, you know, um, I wanted Nagy and, and Pace gone. You know, I wanted them gone the year before this year, but since they didn't do that, we ended up with Justin Fields. So that's my silver lining that I always try to find. We probably don't get Justin Fields if they had fired them the year before, like a lot wanted. So that's to me a, a good, I mean, because it's a quarterback driven league and we've never had one. And so, you know, he's our hope in this hopium den. So as I said before, and these guys are just such an unknown. And I see a lot of people making proclamations negatively and positively. And I find it silly because I have to see it. And as a fan, like even the draft, like some guys, they want to know every single player that's going to get drafted. I just wait till the draft occurs. Then once the bears draft those players, now I'm looking at them. Okay. These are the guys we got. Who do I think is going to be good? Let me look at their, Oh, 
Tariq Cohen the year they drafted him. I'm like, wow, he jumps off the 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 screen when you watch his highlights. You know, but, but can he do it with the Bears? Well, I got to see it at camp. So it's like a starting process. I get to know the guys we got, and then when we get to camp, I circle their numbers. You know, because it's kind of like it's kind of like the first day at school. You're trying to get to know all the new kids. You're like, who? All right, who's this? Who's that? Who's in my class? And that's what it's like going to camp, trying to get to know the team. So you're circling numbers of who to who to keep an eye on. And that's what I'm going to do this year when I go there. And then that's when I can really tell as a fan. I can't – I'm some of these guys can watch tape. And I watch college football. And sometimes if I feel very, you know, uh, defiant like I did with Devin Hester, I'll scream it to the mountaintops. But these guys I've watched. I've seen Penn State play. I've seen – different teams play. I watch college football, but I I'm not gonna, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so unless they all unless they played for Notre Dame, I can't give you like a full scouting report. I have to see them in a Bears uniform going up against other players at camp and then you really see the NFL speed and, and what they can do there. Um my impressions of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus like you know, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm going to give them the leeway to make their moves and do what they got to do. And I'm not going to, you know, like they, they traded Khalil Mack. All right, cool. You want to do this? Do it. You want to draft two defensive backs to come out? Even though I, I draft wide receiver five times over. Cause I love wide receiver. You know, that's just who I am. I, I love skill guys. I'll get overly hyped over skill guys immediately. It takes me a minute to get fall in love with the, some of the grit and grind guys. So, you know, but if they if that's what they want to do, go for it. I'm this is year one of a rebuild. So for me to be overly critical before we see, you know, even half of the finished product is silliness to me. Let's see it at camp. Let's see how they do this year. I think as we go into next year, then you can really start to make, you know, a characterization of how you feel about these guys. Like, oh, this is gonna work, or this isn't gonna work, or this is gonna work out. They're on the right track. I think by next year at this time, we can start having those opinions and then being valid. And and right now it's it's all fluid. So whatever they want to do, and that's why it's like when they traded Mac, it's like, all right, good. I'm glad he, he has the guts to do that kind of stuff because now's the time. Because as the years go on, you get less leash to make mistakes. Right now, he can do whatever he wants. If he makes a huge mistake, and we'll never know. Could he have gotten more for Khalil Mack? Maybe. I don't know. At this point, I don't really care anymore. You know, it's uh, but you know, as the years go on, you start making moves like that, then they're gonna have a little more of a magnifying glass once expectations start to go up. So um, you know, I'm I I just want this team to be a grinder team. Right. You know, like I just, with Nagy's teams, it just became, I just felt like they were all playing for themselves. They weren't playing for each other. And I want to get back to what they were with Lovey Smith. Like I said, where, you know, you really felt that team, you go to camp, you felt that, you know, in 2018, they had that for a minute and then it all fell apart. You know, I, if they play every game, like they did in the second half of the Steelers, you know, and and obviously Justin Fields was the highlight of that whole thing. And that's the other big key to me is Justin at least taking somewhat of a next step. But, 
Yeah, I, I want them to play every game like the second half of that Steelers game. And if they lose every game like they did that Steelers game last year, I'm okay. If they play any game like they did the Browns game, that's when I'm going to start getting a little worried. Because I, I expect this to look different and more competent and more organized. And I don't want to see guys I, – I loved Club Dub in 2018, and every year after that I despised it. Just the mentality of these guys – dancing at after a win when they had just lost four straight it's that's embarrassing and i grew up in the the school of michael jordan michael jordan would never do something like that and you know i talked to thomas jones last year at a show i did and i asked him his thoughts on that you should have heard the words he said when it came down to that you know and i want i want guys like thomas jones david montgomery is a Thomas Jones type, right? So Chris saying, you know, they're, 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 they brought in captains and leaders. All right, good. I, and, and that's the kind of mentality I want to see on the field this year. So I'm optimistic. There's no reason not to be optimistic. Doesn't mean you have to start, you know, saying, you know, predictions of 12 wins that right now, I don't, I, I don't see them winning many games next year, you know, but we'll have to wait and see. You never know in the NFL, but I'm, 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 I'm keeping an open mind and I'm keeping my expectations low for win totals. I just want the visuals to look better. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks everybody for joining in on the bears. Hopium den and continuing with us in this summer podcast series. I really liked this episode. It brought everybody together through the magic of podcast editing. We can bring everybody together that uh, wasn't in the same room and make it kind of seem like we just went on a big, really big round table Next week's episode, again, you guys probably all figured it out, but we're going to be talking about Justin Fields. We really need to have that conversation about Justin Fields. Uh, this was the question that built up to in every single conversation. I wanted to hear what people thought about Fields. And I think there are some really interesting answers, and it's a lot of fun, and that's the one that we all are going to be talking about and looking at for this year. So join us next week where we talk about Justin Fields. And until then, bear down. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.